Live from Stafford, Virginia, <laughs> welcome to Foundation Church. Don't hear me? Okay. So I'm Sister Shields. And I'm Brother Ray, and we're going to be your host today. So like my wife said, live from Stafford, Virginia, here at Foundation Church, and everybody watching on Foundation Church TV, we have two special guests today, and we're going to talk about marriage. But first, we're going to open with a word of prayer. A word of prayer. So let's bow your heads, please. Father God, we come in your son Jesus' name, Father. Father, thank you for... The creation of marriage, Father, thank you for the roles of the husband, the roles of the wives, Father. Thank you, Father, for how you just continue to bless us and keep us, Father. Father, may the discussion today be pleasing to you, Father. May everything be done in decency and in order. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come close. Amen. All right. So for the entire month, we're going to be talking about marriage and how to make it last. So our format today is going to be a little bit different than what we're usually used to. So for, all, for our live audience here, well, I know, I know everybody watching on YouTube, you can't see our live audience. So live, live audience, can you make some noise, let people know you're here? All right, you can do better than that, a little louder. Come on. Okay, excellent. So in this format, our guests... Pastor Gary Bailey, and First Lady Peggy Bailey, we're going to talk to them about marriage. Mm. But we get to ask the questions yeah. and control the flow. You know sometimes when pastor says, give me, you know, five more pastoral minutes, and that's usually yeah. 45 minutes? Oh, that's wrong. That's just wrong. <laughs> this time we get, to, we get to ask the questions, control the flow. So for this format, if anybody has a question that they want to ask during the, the interview with Pastor and First Lady, please just raise your hand. We'll come out to you, and we'll get the question, and then we'll relay it back. All right, everybody follow the format? Amen. Amen. All right, why don't we get started? So today we're talking about leadership and submission in marriage. And Pastor and First Lady, actually... Who should I ask this question to? Well, actually, I want to know, you guys look like such a happy, wonderful couple. How did you meet? Yeah, was it like the book of Genesis? Oh, okay, now you can hear me. Well, I just want to know how you met. <laughs> yeah, was it like in the book of Genesis? It seemed like everything runs so smoothly with you two. I'll start. Um, I met Gary at Norfolk State in 1991. I was in a criminology class. and. Well, 87. <laughs> I'm oh. sorry. We got married in 1990. I met him in 1980. Well, really, 80, yeah, 87, the fall of 87. I'm sorry. And I was in a criminology class, and he walks in. And when he walked in the door, I looked at my friend, and uh, she looked at me, and I said, oh, that's going to be my husband right there. So, and she's supposed to have been studying class. But anyway, long story short, um, my friend wanted his number. So I told her I would get the number for her, but I kind of forgot to give it to her. <laughs> so one day I decided bravely to write a note because I was too shy to ask him out for a date. So I wrote a note and the note fell on the floor by accident because I had decided not to give it to him, but the note fell by, my foot, by his foot. So I said, pick it up, that's for you. And he read it and he smiled and he looked at me. And I said, I think you're really cute. I would like to go out on a date with you. Wow. And I'll let him pick it up from there. Wow. That's all that needs to be said. Right, <laughs> right. 
No, uh, actually, uh, you know, it was amazing because um, we, it seemed like it was so many years ago. Uh, but it was probably we dated for several years, and then and then I, I want to say, uh, in 1991, um, you know, we decided to give our lives to Christ, and I got saved first. Uh, this was uh, June 10th, seven o'clock p.m. 1991. I gave my life to Christ, and at the time, I talked to my wife, and or at the time, she was my girlfriend. I said, "Well, I said, uh, Peggy, uh, I just uh, I just gave my life to Christ." So, uh, so uh, unless you want to give your life to Christ, uh, we, we can't do this no more. And she goes, well, I can't just give my life to Jesus just because you did. I want to figure this out on my own. Uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, so through prayer and we talked and, and within like several weeks, uh, Peggy gave her life to Christ. And, uh, and it's been going on 26 years and four kids later. We praise wow. God for that. Amen. So, so, Pastor, that's amazing. 26 years. So, you guys have been together 26 years. What's the key? What's the number one key for a healthy marriage? Yeah. What has made it last so long? I really think the first thing that I would say is that before we were married, we were, all, we were friends. Okay. I, and, um, on, but... To really tie it up is that we established our relationship with the Lord Amen. before we made that decision. And that's been the foundation of our marriage. If a marriage is not founded upon God's word and you don't have him, it's going to be really hard to uh, have a long-lasting, happy marriage in this age. So I'll really tell you that the main ingredient to a happy, healthy, long marriage is being in the Lord. Yeah, I would echo that. I think for us, um, you know, we both came into the kingdom of God together, and that is by far uh, the the number one key uh, okay. to our marriage. I think, in fact, I don't see how any marriage really su survive without Christ. And for us, uh, we didn't. There wasn't a period of time, you know, we got we got uh, gave our life to Christ, and we got married probably within a month and a half after we gave our lives to Christ. Um, and that has really been the glue that has held our, our marriage together. And so, you know, in everything, every, every issue we have, I think Peggy would, would echo this, every conflict, mm -hmm. we have always used the word of God. And as a consequence, uh, you know, I don't just love my wife. I actually like my wife. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about out there. I mean, so marriage for us is not just something that is like, I have to do this. We've been married for 26 years. <laughs> Watch this. July 28th will be 26 years. And, uh, and it has been uh, a lovely, wonderful uh, experience for the both of us. But uh, to answer your question, Christ uh, has been the key for our entire marriage. Okay. So I have a question here. Where did the idea of, you know, marriage first originated um, this is an interesting question because you think about marriage. I know some people tend to think that marriage was something that was, um, you know, that comes, you know, from the government or it was, it was something that was created by man or that, you know, somebody else just kind of came up with this idea. But, but marriage itself was created by God. Um, does anybody uh, know when the first marriage happened? 
And some folks know what that is. If you go back in Genesis chapter number two, um, the Bible says that that uh, uh, God said it's not it's not good for man to be alone. And so what happened was God calls Adam, who was by himself at that time, other than the creation around him, calls Adam to go to sleep. Um, Adam goes to sleep, and then while he's asleep, God takes a rib out of his side, and he creates the woman. So when Adam wakes up, he sees his wife. The wife is brought to Adam. It's kind of the same picture, you know, when the marriage happens, how that, you know, the husband is at the altar and the bride comes. And, and uh, well, I still remember that day, man. I, I think I, I, I was teary-eyed. I was like, oh, my goodness. It was, it, just, it was so profound. And so we see there illustrated the, real, the, the first marriage. Um, and, and he said that God made them male and female. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So we think about marriage. Marriage wasn't something that was created by man, by the government. Marriage was created by God. And because it was created by God, if we want to know how marriage works, then we need, we need, to, we need to go back and see how God designed it. So, Pastor, what I'm hearing you saying is, God had a design for marriage. Yeah, absolutely. So if God had a design for marriage, why is it important that we follow his design for marriage? Um, do you want to answer that? you want to take a crack at that? I can come back to it. I think it's important because God established an order. Okay. And God has placed man over wife for a certain reason. Okay. Um, the main causes of sin is chaos. And when you have disorder in the home, and the man is not leading the way he should, There's, that's the ingredients for disorder and chaos. And if anybody know anything about our God, he is not a God of disorder. So God has designed man to be head over wife for a reason, to maintain that order. Yeah, and I would add to that. Um, <clears throat> I think of it this way. When a, a mechanic builds a car, he doesn't build the car and, and, and build it so that it runs by water, right. Right? right? So when a mechanic builds a car, he builds a car, and, you know, all is what makes the car go. So if you, if you try to be cheap, and you say, well, man, I don't want to pay the money for this oil, and you try to put, uh, or, you know, this oil, and you try to put water in the car, then the car is going to break down because the car wasn't designed to run that way. And I think that the importance of design is, it's like anything else. When something functions according to its design, it works. It works to its fullest capacity. And so when, when we don't follow God's design and God's pattern for the marriage, and I, and I understand this because this is something that we all kind of see in our society because there's, there's, a, there's a, a worldview that is contrary to the biblical worldview. And... And when, and when we don't uh, honor God's way of doing things, society begins to break down. In fact, you can see it in society today. You can see the ramifications. And, and, uh, and this is why, and I'll just say this because we're having a conversation. I, I've never, I don't dislike uh, people who have an alternative lifestyle in terms of homosexuality. But when it comes to, and this is why I say this, when it comes to God's way, God's design, um, God designed marriage between, uh, to be between a man and a woman. Now, if, if society wants to change it, then you can change it. But anything that doesn't work according to God's design 
eventually is going to break. And it may take, it may take, um, it may take years, but the long-term effect is that God's design is really our protection. I mean, think about it. If you design something yourself, you made it to function a certain way, and if it doesn't do it, it's going to have problems. And I think what the church needs to do as, as Christians is we need to point people back to the origin because a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't really know that God was the one that began marriage. A lot of people don't really understand the design of God. And so I think it's incumbent upon us to, uh, to love people, uh, to accept people, but uh, to make sure that we are communicating uh, God's truth because God's truth is ultimately is what's going to set people free. So, Pastor, to follow up on the, we're talking about God's design for marriage. One follow-up question. I'm going to turn up the heat a little bit, and then I'm going to go out in the audience and see if there's any questions. So, we said that the husband is the head of the wife. And I've seen a lot of people get in trouble with this. So, what does that mean? I'm going to drop the mic. I'm going to walk away and let you answer that. (laughs) Woman, you better do what I tell you to do, or... That's a joke. Um, so, first of all, I would say this: uh, my wife, uh, you know, if I tried to if I tried to boss her around, she would let me have it. Uh, unfortunately, when you think about head, and I think that's the question: what does it mean to be the head? To me, there's a, a, a misnomer with that because I had one guy say to me, my wife knows I'm talking about, so you can't say the name. So we're, we're sitting on the back of our deck, and this guy says to me, he goes. Uh, Pastor Bailey, I can't get that woman to do what I tell her to do. She just won't do what I say. And I remember listening to him. The first thing I thought, I wouldn't do it either, the way he sounded. Because, because in his mind, he had this mindset that, that, um, that being the head means that, you know, that, um, that we boss our wives around. That is not biblical leadership. Think about the Bible says that the, in Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible talks about how that um, how that the, the marriage is a reflection of Christ and the church. Christ doesn't beat his bride. He doesn't abuse his bride, the church. Christ doesn't uh, mistreat us. In fact, Christ is very selfless. And so when I think about headship, here's a word I want all the, the husbands out there to get. So when you think about headship, think of headship not the person being in charge. Think of headship as leadership. Leadership. So I think a lot of the problem is that, 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 that men sometimes we're not leading. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think, you know, leadership means that, that, that I'm going to be her example, that I'm going to take the initiative mm-hmm. to care for her. I'm going to take the initiative to provide. I'm going to take the initiative to make sure that the family is doing well. So to me, when I think about headship, I think about sacrifice and leadership, not about bossing her around. It's not about that. It's really about being a leader. And in and, and some cases, I think in a lot of cases, men haven't been great leaders. So just to follow up on that, so Pastor, just to make sure I'm, I'm hearing you right. So for example, if I want my wife to, when we get married, to cook at home, you're saying I need to learn to cook myself? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's your answer. <laughs> well, uh, do you want, you want to handle that question first, lady? I mean, I. I mean, that would be something that you guys would come in agreement with. I, I think. Well, she don't agree with me. 
Well, I the think, head. I think you would establish <laughs> certain things before you get married. I think she would know if you could cook or not before you got married. And that would be something you would lay down before you get married. But if you are in a situation where she comes home and she's tired and she needs you to cook, it's not really hard pulling out a cookbook <laughs> and learning to cook to help your wife. Uh, uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, so. Well, so what you're saying is that's part of submitting. Yes. Well, Submission. I, 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 yeah, I think, well, I think if you really think about it, let me, let me, let me give you this analogy. It's, um, warm, it's getting warm up here. We got any water? <laughs> so, <laughs> we got any questions? I know I got a question. Right, yeah. so I got me, so, a question from someone. So let me give you this, this analogy before we go to the question. Uh, in John chapter 13, Jesus does something incredible and amazing. Right before he went to be with the Father, the Bible says that he got a basin of water and he got a, a, a towel and he girded himself and he began to wash the disciples' feet. What's, what, what was significant about that is that Jesus knew that he is the leader, mm -hmm. that he's the king of kings. Nobody greater than Jesus. Would everybody agree with that? Right. Nobody greater than him. Right. And Jesus said, he says, here's what I want to do. He took, he said, I'm not just going to tell you, I'm going to show you. So he takes the, the, the basin of water, and he girds himself, and he gets down, and he washes his disciples' feet. And you remember one of the disciples said, wait, wait a minute, what are you doing? Because you're the leader. Mm -hmm. Jesus said to the disciple, if I don't do this, you don't understand what this is all about. And Jesus wanted to leave this impression that leadership is about serving. Mm -hmm. It's sacrificing. Mm -hmm. So look, if I can't cook, then I figure out a way to, to make it work. Because at the end of the day, leadership means serve. And I serve my wife. That's what Christ does. And, and what's our example? Christ is our example. I mean, he was a perfect servant. He serves us even to this day. Amen. And he is the one who's in charge. Okay. So we do have a question from one of our uh, congregation member here. So... Okay, so what, what if the man doesn't do it, doesn't lead, doesn't serve, doesn't do what the head is supposed to do, what you just said? Does it change anything? Excellent question. Well, if you look in First Peter chapter 3, it says that we are still to submit to him even if he's not obeying the word. Because he'll be won by your conduct and by your godly actions. So you are still to be God, the godly wife that God has called, Jesus has called you to be. And through your actions, you will win him over. So you're still to honor him as your head and as your leader, no matter what. But, and I think, I think the piggyback off of that is the thing, the verse in, in, in um, Ephesians chapter 5, it says, the wives submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. So the goal is you're doing it not so much because of him, right. but because of your relationship to God. And uh, I know that for me in my home, I mean, I think one of the things that is amazing is that my wife, uh, she models a lot of what, what a godly wife is. She models it. She just, and my wife doesn't try to boss me around. And I can just say this for gentlemen, and brothers can say amen, but men do not like to be bossed around. 
men does not like to be talked down to. Right. Uh, come on, brothers, help me out. Don't leave me hanging by myself. <laughs> come on. So, so brothers, we don't, we don't, we don't like it when I watch because part because God has made us to be, He's made us to be leaders, and 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 so. So if I would say if a wife is in a situation where she has a husband that's not doing what he's supposed to do, then the answer is not to disrespect him or disregard him. The answer to me is to affirm the leadership, Mm -hmm. not the wrong, but to affirm the leadership by your conduct. Because perhaps, uh, particularly if he's not saved, then perhaps your lifestyle and the way that you live will be that thing that will um, cause them to come over. And I think that the worst thing a woman can do is to try to take over the leadership role in the marriage. Let's go back to what I said before. It's about God's design. Mm -hmm. So anything, it doesn't work properly when it's not functioning according to design. So the Bible says a wise woman builds up her house and not tear it down. So I think anything that the woman does in the marriage should be to affirm his leadership. Follow up to that. And I'll direct this one to First Lady. So First Lady, I mean, wouldn't women find that difficult to follow a man who's not modeling that leadership? I mean, ladies today are very educated, very very smart, independent. Mm -hmm. So... It, wouldn't they find that difficult to follow this man if he's not in a leadership position? I would think they would not find it difficult because they're not doing it because of something that they want to do. They're doing it because of their love to God. I feel if you love the Lord, and he says, submit unto your husband as you do unto the Lord, you're going to love him like you love the Lord. You get tired. Do you ever get tired of serving the Lord? Do you ever get tired of telling him how much he loves you? Also, if you look at the uh, whole chapter of Ephesians 5, and it talks about servants submitting unto the bonds, servants submitting unto the masters, and children submitting unto the parents, that whole chapter right there is talking about submission in some form. So you're going to always have submission somewhere. If it's not to your husband, you're going to submit to your boss, Right. And I've, I'm going to use a football analogy for you since it's Super Bowl Sunday. You have Bill Belichick, who's one of the most probably outstanding coaches in the league. Ooh. And you have Tom Brady, who is probably one of the most outstanding quarterbacks in the league, other than, you know, our Dak Prescott. But <laughs> who? But Bill Belichick never looks down upon Tom Brady and thinks that he's any less than he is. And Tom Brady never looks at himself as being any less than uh, Bill Belichick. They both have to work together to achieve a common purpose. And it's the same in the relationship with the man and woman. We both have to work together no matter what to achieve that vision that God has laid upon that man. So God has given, Jesus has given the man a vision. And it's our, our, we, we have a calling to uh, help him accomplish that vision through the gifts that God has given us. Okay, thank you, First Lady. And speaking about vision, we do have a question here from one of our members. Yeah, so me and my wife will be celebrating our two years oh, um, next congratulations. week. Congratulations. Yeah, two years. Oh. You still look strong, brother. We're, 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 we're still trying to figure this thing out. So if you could look back, Pastor First Lady, at your marriage and look back at year two, what would you tell yourself then that you know now? Wow. <laughs> well... It's funny because, and we often joke about this, um, 
But probably the toughest time in our marriage was probably the first one or two years, would you say? Um, because yeah. during that time frame, you know, you're, you're having to get to know uh, your spouse, the person that you're with. So, so that takes some time because whatever you see when you're dating, how many of you know that it's different when you get married? I mean, it's like I woke up one day and I was like, and I saw, I was like, whoo, wow, I didn't know that was there. Like, whoa, wow, what was that? Like, what? And, and so what happens is, is, is that, that, that everybody gives a certain image of what you want people to see. And, uh, and you know, and, and this is one of the great challenges. What happens a lot of times is that, uh, when, when, once you get married and you, once, you, once that kind of honeymoon kind of thing, kind of the excitement of that kind of wears off, then, you, then you're down to dealing with, with the substance. And so for us, it was we just got yeah. married. I just got this job. So now we're trying to play off, pay off college debt, number one, because yeah. we had debt from college. And then on top of that, uh, yeah. my, wife, my wife decided to get pregnant. No, I'm just kidding. We, we, <laughs> we decided... Uh, <laughs> So, so we get pregnant, and, uh, and, and so then you know, there's the financial uh, things, and there's so many different things that came along with that. So that first, that first couple years was, was really a tough time, but again, what, what, what really was the strength and the anchor in those times were, um, you know, we just, we just had, and, and, and I'm not overstating this, and I, you know, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but for us, it was just constant, what does the Bible say about this? So when there was an attitude with me or my wife, we would just get the Bible and say, and she would do that same way. She would say, well, you know, honey, this is what the word of God says. And, and we would always go back to that. But I think when you first get married, um, like you guys are newlyweds, you're going to have that period in there where, you know, it's, it's a little choppy, kind of like in an airplane. You know, sometimes you first start off, it's a little choppy. And then over time, as you mature and you grow, things kind of smooth out. But that's not, a, but, but I've known some people, and you know, in Hollywood, a lot of people stay married a hot second. Uh, that's because they don't understand that marriage is at the core about sacrifice. And so what I saw in her, I saw part of the reason why I struggled was because I, the, the things that I was seeing was a reflection on me. So it was something that I know that I needed to kind of correct in myself. Uh, and it's all about just constantly dying to yourself. That's what marriage, if you go into it thinking that, that this is about sacrifice. If you go into it thinking that way, it'll do you well in the long run. I want to add also to that. The picky, Did that answer your question? Well, I want to also add, when we had our first child, that was a big change for me because my time wasn't just devoted to him anymore and to the Lord. I had a child now that I had to devote my time to. So trying to manage that time to spend with him and to, and to raise a child, uh, that was a challenging time too. Yeah, and, and, I was, and believe it or not, I came home one day. I was working midnight shift, and I remember feeling this way because Christian, my oldest son, was in my bed because my wife, she nursed all our kids. So... And I remember feeling jealous. I just had the, I was like, this dude up, you know, like he's taking, he's like taking all my time. I mean, it's like every time I turn around, she was like with the baby. So it came a point, I was like, like, you know, like, and I remember having these, so I mean, every time I walk around, I look, I just walk out, you know, and again, things that God had to work out in me, yeah. but, but I did feel some, I don't know if jealousy is the right word, 
but I just, I, I felt like, I, I, like he was taking all of my time. Right. And the person that I love and met wasn't giving me the attention that I wanted. And so and that's when I really had to just kind of uh, just rely on Christ and just kind of understand what this is all about. So, but it, but it is a challenge. It was a challenge. Oh, okay. So we do have a question. Uh, Pastor, go back on one thing you mentioned. You said the things that you saw in First Lady were a reflection of you. So how can a man motivate his wife to submit to his leadership? Are there things we should be doing? And also, you know, to expand on that, we, you know, if um, the same way you said that you were jealous, that's very subtle. What if it's, it's the, that volume or not just turned up to a different area in which, you know, you may not so much just be jealous, but hurt your wife? What do you tell those who are in that position? You know, how do they submit to their husband who, where they are hurt? or maybe abused. Oh, okay, so that's, that's a lot there. So let me, let me take the first one. Uh, the, what's the, the first part was the motivating. Yeah. Uh, so um, first of all, um, I, can't, I can't boss my wife around. So I'm not gonna, so if I want my wife to follow me, and this is what sometimes men do, and you know, we want our wives to follow, you know, sometimes we resort to, you know, women should just submit. And, I, and again, I think that's a dangerous precedent because it's just not, first of all, it's not biblical. It's not, it's not the, the model that Christ has for us. Because you remember, the marriage is really at the core a reflection of Christ in the church. So when you want to get cues for how to be a good leader in the marriage and motivating your wife, then the key is to look in Ephesians chapter 5 and read how Christ treats his church. The way Christ treated his church, he loved he sacrificed, and he himself was very, very, uh, 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 as, far as, as far as his personal relationship with his father, as far as his, uh, his commitment to being a better person. Jesus was always put, putting himself in a place of just being a servant and being better. And so for me, I think the way that I motivate my wife is to be a better me. So I want a better wife than be a better husband, you know. Uh, be a better me. So I'm not going to, so the best thing I can do is be an example. So if I want my wife to be more spiritual, then I got to be more spiritual, right? Mm -hmm. if, I, if I want my wife to be nicer, then I probably should be nicer. Uh, if I want my wife to uh, go to church, then I should go to church. Um, so to me, it's really about being a better person. So, and I think part of that is just saying, I need to repent. You know, like if men, if we haven't been doing the things that we need to do as leaders, I think the, the question we got we to do, we got to say, well, you, you know, first I need to repent and say, Lord, I haven't been a good leader. I've been telling my wife what to do, but I haven't been being that example before her. Um, and I think that's important. Uh, to answer your second question, I, and I, I, uh, yes, please. Can I, um, to answer that second yes. question, I think you're talking about a case of an abuse, right? Right. Well, let's start back to the word submission in itself, what it is not. Submission is not a lady getting married and leaving her brain at the altar. You still have to think for yourself. You're still able to make decisions. Submission is not uh, putting your husband over your Lord either. Your Lord comes first. And submission is definitely not staying in an abusive situation. Anything that's gonna harm you or anyone who's going to 
encourage you not to follow the Lord, you, you can't stay in that situation. God has not meant for you to stay in a situation where you're going to be hurt physically. That's foolishness. That's not submission. So and just to clarify, so we're, we're talking about an abusive situation right. where a, a wife is being, I, I, would, I would say, first of all, if a, if a husband is, is, is beating up his wife, I want all the wives to come let me know, because I'll take care of it myself. Oh, uh, pastor. You know, because <laughs> I, I think that, you know, and no woman should stay in a situation where she is physically abused. Uh, you know, if you need to get out of the house, do whatever you need to do, uh, protect yourself. Um, there's That's never right. a time and the Bible does not call a woman to stay in a situation where she's being physically abused. Um, Christ doesn't abuse his church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, and, and real godly men do not abuse their wives, um, whether it's physically or emotionally. Amen. Amen. Very, very, very powerful, very powerful. Um, just a follow-up, um, and I'll give this one to um, First Lady. Why submission always viewed as so negative? Or are there misconceptions about submission? I think there's a lot of misconceptions about submission. Um, I think submission is looked at as something that makes the lady less valuable or, or worth. And I'm not sure why we look at submission based on value worth. That's not what submission is. Um, submission is affirming your husband's leadership, affirming the vision that God has placed upon him. The world view of submission has, has conscrewed that word in such a way that it's become a negative thing. Okay. Um, the uh, world looks at it as something that's beneath, that's beneath the lady to do. But really, you're not a weak person when you're submitting to your husband. You're really a strong person. It takes a strong person to be a submissive wife. So, so just to follow up on that, so what does it look like in a godly way when a wife submits? I would go back to Genesis 2, as my husband stated earlier. <clears throat> We're called to be helpers to our husband. We're called to help him to achieve that vision that God has placed in him. We're called to love him. Just like Ephesians says, we're to love him as we love Christ. We are to love our, our husbands. We are to encourage our husbands. You got to think about all the stuff that our husbands go through on a daily basis. When he comes home, he should come home to a sanctuary. Uh, we, we have to build our husbands up, not tear them down. Um, we don't manipulate our husbands. Uh, we encourage our husbands. We are to affirm his leadership. We are to honor and respect our husbands. We're not to speak negative of our husbands when we're around other people. Don't, ladies, don't put your husband down in front of anybody. Fill him up. He needs affirmation. Just like ladies, they said lady needs love. Men needs affirmation. That's their fuel. Love is our fuel. They need that affirmation. So affirm your husbands as much as you can. And then let people see you affirming. Let your kids see that. We're setting an example for our kids what a godly marriage should look like. Just do that in front of your children so they know that you love daddy just as much as they do. Amen? And, and I think, Amen. going back to your original analogy, I think submission, submission, anytime we obey the Lord, we're always in a position of strength. Amen. So people look at submission. It's kind of like going back to your analogy. She used the football player of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are one. That's why they win so many Super Bowls. I hate it. I'm a Cowboy fan. Yeah, but but you know there is no. You don't see any kind of real tension there because they understand their roles. And so when we function in our roles, we're blessed. And I don't, it's a, to me, it's really about: Do you want a blessed family? Do you want your marriage to be blessed? Okay. Um, that's really what it boils down to. And so submission. Uh, you know, and I can just give an example of my wife. Um, you know, um, nobody can blow my head up more than my wife. I mean, you know, I could people can say things to me, but but it's like when I come home and I hear it from my wife, it's it's something different. My wife compliments me, or when she when she talks about this thing of affirming my leadership, and she say things about me, or you know, if I look good, if I did something right, and she also she also tells me when I do wrong, you know, but. But the thing of it is, is when she builds me up, I walk out of my house and I feel like I'm Superman because my wife made me feel that way Um, because and she understands. And so I'm ready for battle because I have a I have a uh, so I I would say I would say the wives the best thing. And I'm just saying the best thing you do for your husband is, is. I don't know what else to say. Should it be ego? I don't. I, I feel like ego is bad. But it's something about when a woman, you know, appeals to that that masculinity of a man, um, make him feel like even even if he's not doing what he should do, declare it over him. That's right. Speak it over him. That's right. Encourage him in his leadership role. Honey, I'm right here. I think you can do. You can do this. I got faith in you. You do it. I'm I'm right here with you. I'm telling you right now, that man's gonna look, he's gonna be first of all, if you if you don't do that, he's gonna be shot. He's gonna be like, whoa, what's up with you? Are you okay? Uh, but then he's gonna be like, man, I feel like I can take on the world. Um, because nothing gives me that kind of feeling of um, um, of confidence okay. than my wife. And it can go to either way, because a woman also, right. she can use her words to tear a brother down. A husband now. And so that is equally as damaging. We just have one follow-up question. Going back to when we were talking about um, abuse. If a, and submission. And submission. If, if, if a spouse feels, like they're, if spouse feels like they're being emotionally abused or if they're being physically abused, at what point do they need to cut that off or make a change from that marriage? Well, I, I would say, first of all, um, I... I <clears throat> I, I believe that uh, the Bible says that God hates divorce. What God brings together, that no man uh, put asunder, a tear apart. So my counsel will never be to divorce. My counsel will always be to um, stay in line with what God's word says. Now, again, abusive situation, uh, you know, whether it's physical and sometimes if if emotional. And I don't, I'm not a I'm not a uh, I don't oppose if, if people need to separate for a time in order for things to get better. Uh, but I think in situations like that, I think uh, it would be wise to find people, uh, get some counseling, get some help, whether it's from a professional Christian. I always say Christian-based. But if you're in a situation where you're being abused, uh, maybe not physically but emotionally, because sometimes emotional abuse can be just as bad as physical abuse. Um, and so I think I don't like – I don't want to use the term cut it off. I think – yeah, I think I think a better term would be, uh, you know, to get help and do what you need to do to protect yourself, mm-hmm. um, and 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 try to be, 
to function as a, as a healer as much as you can under the grace of God. Um, but I would never, you know, my counsel would be not to just walk away from the marriage, although there are times when you have to walk away to protect yourself. And, um, and so uh, that's generally uh, the way that I see it. I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that. or you could, I guess not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, another question. Um, for pastor, what does it mean for a husband to love his wife as Christ loved the church? Um, how does Christ love the church? Um, he, 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 he supports, he protects, he provides, he assumes all the responsibility. One of the things that we do, we, we, uh, uh, close our service, we always say unto him who is able to present us faultless before his throne of grace. I love that verse because it means that Christ assumes all the rest. The Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. So Christ assumes all the responsibility for his church. Um, and the Bible says that in Ephesians chapter 5, it uses the analogy to nourish and to cherish. Those are agricultural terms. And, and so nourish means to really to feed, um, whereas cherish is more of to protect. You know, when a farmer is, is um, uh, uh, cultivating a plant or whatever, you know, he, he feeds it so that it grows, but then he protects it from the elements or anything that will stunt its growth. Um, and so for me, what it means to love my wife as Christ, love a church, and everything about my marriage, I'm going to look to Christ as my example. He didn't abuse her. He didn't mistreat her. He didn't manipulate her. He doesn't the church, Christ. Think about our relationship with Christ. Christ doesn't abuse us. He doesn't. He loves us. And even when we do stupid stuff, Christ still loves us. Everybody say amen to that. I mean, even when we don't do what we're supposed to do, Christ is patient with us, right? So I got to be patient because Christ is patient with us. When we are not doing what we are supposed to be doing, Christ just doesn't go, oh, I'm done with you. He just stays in there, and he stays at it. He keeps loving us all the way to the end. I think, I think men, we got to love our wives all the way to the end, and if they're not what we think they should be, then we got then, then to sort. I believe sometimes women are not what they should be because, uh, because of what we're giving. So if we, if we, want, if we want to change, um, if we want to change the way, um, you know, what we're, what we're getting, then perhaps we need to change what we're giving as yeah. leaders. I want to change what I'm getting. I need to change what I'm giving. Because then, see, I'm in a position now. I'm assuming the responsibility. It's my job to nourish, provide, to care for her because she's a weaker vessel. Not in the sense that she's inferior, but in the sense that she's delicate. And I need to treat it that way, just like Christ does the church. Very good. Amen. Excellent. Um, I, I know nobody, nobody, the ladies don't like that. Do y'all clap? Do y'all don't like the way? <laughs> Y'all don't like that? They all got their arms folded, Pastor. <laughs> I thought that would have been like, woohoo, party time. Okay. You're not looking for brownie points. <laughs> actually, but, while we're talking about submission, yeah. actually, I'll, I'll, two questions for, uh, for First, First Lady. lady. Um, you, taught, you told us a lot about submission. Um, why is submission so vital to a marriage? And was there ever a time where you your failure to submit in a marriage uh, hurt the marriage in any way? <laughs> you said, why yeah, is it so... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, let's, let's take it this way. So 
I want to hear this one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the one Pastor okay. wants to hear. So the first one was, why is this so vital? Yeah, why is yes. it so vital? As I stated earlier, submission is vital because it's an order that God has established. And whenever anything's out of order, it's not going to work properly. Gotcha. God has established that we be um, under submission to our husbands as we are submitted to him. So it's basically an order that God has established within the earth for, re for interpersonal relationships to work in a healthy, happy manner. Uh, there was a time that I didn't submit. I got to admit, well, I'll just say it one time. It was years ago. And, um, and uh, my husband had, we were um, talking and I said, I, I saw this credit card. I said, oh, well, I wanted to get this credit card. And my husband said, no, I don't, I don't think you should get that credit card. But I got it anyway. But I didn't tell him I got it. In fact, I said, I said you shouldn't. And I said, like, no, baby, that's not good for us because of where but we But I was like, you know, I, I work. I, I make my own money. I can have my credit card if I want. So that was me being rebellious, of course. So and I, I, didn't, I didn't know she had a credit card. Just like, oh, well, I figured I was going to pay the credit card bill so I didn't have to tell him. But anyway, to make a long story short, um, the credit card ended up getting behind a little bit, and we ended up uh, paying Major a little bit more money. <laughs> I learned my lesson. Uh, yeah, and I ended up paying it, more money. It was, we ended up paying more money than we should have. I learned my lesson that I don't need everything that I see. Uh, it was more of a want than a need. So, so you know, we, you learn a lot of things in marriage. So. So I guess that's kind of like the structure. If you come out of the structure. If you come out of the order. Yeah. The order. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Right. I was out of order. I meant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we have one question left. All right. So this is actually for Pastor Bailey. Where should husbands get their cues from? I'm sorry. Where should husbands get their cues about leadership in the marriage? Not from not from uh, Hollywood. <laughs> Does anybody get their cues from marriage from Hollywood? Leadership, husband. Oh, no. uh, not from uh, uh, not from a world's way of thinking. Um, you know, it's just as far as my cues are concerned. Christ is our example. Um, you know, so and this is where it's important because I think that. The Bible says in Hosea, it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And I would say to men, until you really, until you really tap into and embrace the man, Jesus Christ, and what I mean by that is study his life. What, how did Jesus lead? Study him. So if you're a man and you're sitting here today and you, don't, and you, you spend very little time reading your Bible, you spend very little time praying, um, then I, I'm going to tell you, you're going to struggle mightily. Um, so, you know, and I, and I always tell men, we have men's meeting. And so I'll, this is my chance to put in a plug. We have men's meeting next week. So brothers come at 9 o'clock at Panera Bread down the street. Brothers will be sitting, we'll be talking, having a good time. But we, we have these meetings, uh, whether it's men's meetings or, or coming together. Uh, we're really trying to stimulate each other mm -hmm. to be like Christ. So... When I want to try to understand, and sometimes this means that it's not my, because maybe some of us got people that we love. Some of us got fathers, brothers, uh, you know, but they're not really giving us biblical examples. 
because we kind of grew up in an environment where, you know, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I grew up in an environment where I had some poor leaders representation in my family. I mean, I was just, everybody was either a whoremonger, everybody was drunk, uh, everybody was either abusive. And, and so, so it made it a little bit easier for me to try to seek that. So when I think about cues and, uh, okay, what, how, do I be, how can I learn how to be a better husband? It starts with the Bible. It starts with getting into that book, knowing Christ, studying his life. In particular, how does, how does, how did, how does he treat his church? How does he lead his church? Um, and, uh, and until that happens, I think, I, think, uh, I think men will struggle in a very, very uh, profound way. Amen. Do Amen. we have any other questions out there? Anybody have any questions? Just raise your hands. Any other questions? No questions? I think we got a lot from the audience already. Great. <laughs> Is there a hand up? That, that, you got one question. We got left. one question. One question. Okay, I'm getting there. You want me to get it? You... Yeah. And somehow I have the feeling this is going to be a good question. Oh, that's my daughter. You probably shouldn't take that question. <laughs> oh, gosh. Do I need to screen this re question first? Uh, remember, you, uh, you daughter, you're ear? still living in my house. Hello. <laughs> so uh, I just want to know, how long y'all been married again? 24, 23? Six. Oh, 26. Okay. So <laughs> out of your 26 years of marriage, you know, which child would you say was your favorite? Out of the wow! <laughs> thank you for thank you for giving the mic back. Wow, you know um, that my, should be another series. Yeah, yeah. I think for I think uh, I think yeah. All of our children are our favorite um, because they're all of them are very unique in different ways. So they're. They're all our favorite. And my daughter was actually trying to solicit herself, uh, but we. <laughs> the audience said you're dodging the question. No. A very good answer. I think we have another question. Yes. I, we definitely got a screen. Alicia. Oh, that's wrong. <laughs> so I have um, a friend who basically, anytime she has like, marital concerns, she'll call because my husband and I, we've been married for going on 13 years now. And so I always, nice. lead, I always you know, lead her you know, to the Bible. Um, but sometimes it's, you know, it's very difficult for her because she's trying to get like, you know, your current experience. Like what have you dealt with um, and how would you deal with this situation? So sometimes I do kind of pull what happened in my life um, to try to give her an example, but what would be one of the best ways? Um, thank you for giving, you know, Ephesians 5:22, going over that because that would be something I could give her. But like, anything else to kind of to assist because they've been married, I think, five years now, five years. Um, so they, it's getting better, but as you know, first two, three years kind of rough, um, and they had kids right away, and I think they didn't get a chance to kind of get to know each other. Yeah. So it's all it's, it's getting rough. They're getting better. But just kind of give some advice on, 
you know, different things, Bible verses to help, and now with 522, that would be a good example to kind of help her um, when she when they go through the problems and the dilemma. Because for her, a lot of times she want to give up, he want to stay, and sometimes she just want to kind of throw in the towel. Uh, but he is the one that always like we want to work together, and make it happen. So she always called me. She she always say, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be together. And so I just want to mm. kind of see what other advice I could give her. Yeah, um, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think that first of all, um, there's there's power in support. Um, I think one of the best gifts, number one, that you can give to that couple is that you and Tacovi model what a what a what a Christian marriage is. It's not perfect. We don't want to we don't ever want to tell people no marriage is perfect. We're all you know, we're 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 trying to encourage one another to grow in the Lord uh and and in marriage is certainly no exception. But I think I think that the thing that I would do is I will I will just try to be that be that example as much as I can. Uh, you know, talk to her about some of the things, how you handle some of the issues in your own marriage. I think that's important. And then I think, I think for a lot of people, it's just, just being there, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, just being that support. Like, you know, you know, all of us in this room, one of the reasons why we meet together and we, we're having this kind of talk or why we come to church is we need support. Um, because sometimes it's hard trying to, it's hard trying to walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's hard trying to stay in a marriage that is very difficult. And, and so for some people, we got to kind of meet them where they are. Right. Okay, where they are right now is they're struggling. Where they are right now, one want to leave, the other is kind of like, okay, let's stay in. I think the best thing you can do is I would definitely pray because I think that you can't underestimate the power of prayer. Right. And just and be there as often as you can mm-hmm. um, by being that support you know, uh, you know, scripture verses, I think first Peter chapter three, verses one and six, the spirit of that verse kind of talks a little bit about, uh, the wife and, 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 and her role. Um, and, um, and so I think the biggest thing is just being that support and, and being, being an encouragement in that way. Um, just to add, add to that, I think also you can give her the scripture verses while always like practical things you could do to help them. Um, I know you two have kids and they have two kids, you said? Maybe sometime you guys can take the kids and maybe give them a time. Because a lot of times um, young couples don't have babysitters and they need that date night. And that time together would help as well. Because I know what us, we didn't have date night for years. I mean years. We just started all, probably about three years ago because our kids had gotten old enough to stay home by themselves. And it does wonders. And we never go back on, unless it's something really an emergency, we have date night every week. So little things like that, you can give them ideas. Are you guys meeting together and having some type of prayer and, um, you know, um, talking session over a subject and you can tell them face-to-face? Because sometimes meeting people face-to-face and letting them see, you know, um, how you resolve your conflicts is good. Maybe meet with them. And, and talk over. I, I think, and I think sometimes I think God gives, God brings certain people in our lives for a reason. Right. And so sometimes that's an assignment. It sounds like to me that may be an assignment from God to you guys because God has brought it to your doorstep. Right. Uh, and so I would just take that on. I mean, praying, encouragement, uh, you know, doing whatever you can to help facilitate them coming together. 
uh, and being creative in that way. And they, are they in church? Are they in a part of a fellowship? Okay. Uh, and and then they, I would encourage them to, to plug into different things they may have available, whether it's a marriage group, right. relationships. They need that. They need to be around somebody that's going to support them in the Bible, in the biblical uh, way of life. Because if they don't get that support, um, then it's going to be really difficult for them to make it. Um, but th- that would be uh, what I have on that. And we have another question. This question is... Um I'll frame it in this situation. Uh, the wife has asked the husband to, um, if something can be done, let's say do something around the house. And the husband says, well, I'll tell you when that can be done. But the husband never makes a decision or never moves forward with it. Or actually, one second. <laughs> Thank you. I'll let you handle yeah, um, we are going a little bit back. Uh, regarding the submission, um, what can you tell a wife who won't be to be submitted? And uh, before anything could be done, go to the, the husband who is the leader and ask a question or suggest something. Can we do this? Uh, what do you think? Can we, uh, if we do this, what do you think? And the husband says, I will tell you. I will tell you, you wait one day, one week, uh, and you come back to ask. You said you're going to tell me. Right, right. I'm still waiting. Right. I will tell you. Uh-huh. And then what you should do as uh, a wife who should be submitted. Mic drop. <laughs> like I said, like I said earlier, what submission is not, the Lord has still given you the ability to think and do things. So if he's not making that decision on his own, if you give him the opportunity and presented it to him over and over again, I think at some point you got to take the reins and just do it. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't wait forever because you've already did your, your, you already have honored him as a leader. You have asked him over, and how many times have you asked him? You said several times. So at some point you have to say, we have to get this done. Yeah, but the, the, I, I would, the, only, the only caveat I would add with that is I think um, the spirit of a thing is really important than just what you do. Right. It's the spirit behind what you do. I wouldn't make any decisions, particularly when they're serious ones. Was this a serious um, one? Was it a serious? She just gave an example. Uh, an example: you want to buy a house. Oh yeah, that's oh, a big. Yeah. Well, that's so, a different one. I so thought you said I would, fixing I, something. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> no. And uh, and uh, you want to buy a house? Oh, it no, is a house yeah, for the yeah. family. I, I would. I would yeah. make that decision on my own. I thought and you then, said something simply to be fixed in the house or something. I don't. I wasn't sure no, what you were. Can I explain? Uh-huh. You want to buy a house. You uh-huh. say, we don't have a house. Can oh. we buy a house? Oh. We have this and this opportunity. Can oh. we buy a house? Yeah. Yes, I will tell you. Oh, that. And okay. you wait, you wait. Uh, and after, you de- then what it, did you say? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. What we should do? Well, in that, in that, particular, in that particular instance, I would do the same thing that we, we said along all along. I think... If, if, you, if you know that your husband is, is, is not in agreement with it, mm-hmm. 
um, then I think you shouldn't do it because I think it has the capacity to cause more problems. Remember, everything is about, you know, God to change. God knows how to change hearts. So I think, so I think number one, I think you pray over that thing. But even, even this, this is what my wife has done for us in our marriage, and she agreed to this a long time ago because thankfully we had somebody, we talked to this guy who, who's dead now, but he was really our biblical counselor. He told us all about marriage. He, he told us a lot of stuff. But, but let's just say that me and my wife, and I want to give you this because I think this will tie into what you mean because I, I know we got to finish up here. But let's just say that, you know, anything that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's two heads, I like to call it a monster, right? If it's got two heads, it's, it's, something's wrong with it. So after my wife and I, so whenever there comes a point in time when there's going to be a decision to be made, my wife and I will discuss it. First of all, I don't make any major decisions without talking to her first. And usually, at some point, we come to an agreement on something. But we've agreed that even if, if everything, if we did, after we've talked for days, let's say months, let's say years, and we prayed and we talked and we did everything, at that point, she's decided to defer to my leadership. Simply because she knows that I'm going to, she trusts me, I, I believe that, uh, that I'm going to make the right decision and what's best for the family. And I think if, 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 if a wife decides that she's going to step into this place where her man is not leading, I offer a lot of caution with that because you, you're, you're, not, you're not helping. Now, in situations where there's dire situation, emergency, I understand sometimes you have to do what you have to do. But when you can, I think it's always best to try to stick close with the biblical model and follow Christ, pray, pray for your husband, talk to him. Influence them, not manipulate, but influence. There's a difference. Um, but I certainly wouldn't, I wouldn't take the role of the leader and just take it away from him because I think then what you're doing is um, um, you, you, you're trying to tell him some, to submit, but yet you're making him acquiesce to your demands. So you're not helping him to become the man that he, 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 he needs to be. So you need to affirm his leadership. And if he's dragging his feet on something, uh, you know, that's not pressing, then I think that I think it's best to wait and, and wait until he comes around until both of you can at least uh, come to some kind of agreement on it. I certainly wouldn't make any decisions without, uh, without like that, without uh, him having some kind of uh, a stamp of approval on that. All right. Thank you, Pastor. And one last question. The last question that we had is, uh, is actually for Pastor Bailey is, any advice for men who might be abused in the relationship? Oh, very good question. I, I know that there are some men, uh, but but I, I think I think it, I think it's the same situation. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot of physical men who are physically abused by wives, but I guess. I, well, actually, I've seen that happen too. Uh, so yes, uh, but um, I think I think the same scenario applies. I think that uh, I think. You all, as far as the, the, the imminent concern, um, if somebody is in danger of being hurt, I think you need to do whatever you need to do to protect yourself physically. Uh, emotional stuff, I think people need to do whatever they can to try to get help, uh, you know, you know to, to try to fix that. But the same applies. Men don't, uh, you know, we shouldn't allow ourselves to be put in harm's way. Um, you know, so Absolutely. I usually kind of draw the line there. And I think, I think Christ would do the same. Okay. 
All right, so that concludes our questions and our discussion for today. Um, Pastor and First Lady, I want to give you the opportunity. Any closing remarks before we close out here on Foundation Church Television? Uh, well, uh, thank you guys for uh, participating. Uh, it's going to be a fun month because next week we're going to talk about conflict resolution. So uh, I know we have a lot of conflicts in marriage, and so we'll talk about some of that. I know we kind of touched on it today. Uh, but uh, thank you guys for coming out. Uh, spread the word. Tell other people about what we're doing here. Um, we really want to help marriages. We don't want to fake it. We want to bring you. Our goal is to bring you into our environment to see how we deal with some of the challenges that we face in our own marriage. Um, and so if you know a friend, family that is struggling, like I would say the couple that you referred, uh, maybe invite them to come here this month. This is an awesome opportunity to hear some information that will uh, perhaps help them in their marriage. I just want to thank everybody for being here. I hope the information that you heard today will help you in your marriage. It has helped us 26 years and going strong. So thank you again. Amen. Amen. Amen.